This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. So good to be with you back in South Africa, even if it's just on a video. Welcome to all of you in the church building. Give yourselves a great big praise God hand clap this morning. Praise the Lord. And welcome to all of you in the theater today. Won't you give yourselves a great big hand clap, praise God. And welcome to all of you that are in the Dr. Theo. Give yourselves a great big praise God hand clap. And the Dr. Bev, go ahead. And in the Sheila Palmer room, give yourselves a great big hand clap, praise God. It's so good to be in church. And all of you watching live at home, Welcome. God bless you. Give yourselves a great big hand clap. I'm very excited about this message today, Standing Against Fear, part one. We're going to have four parts in our series. All right. There's so many fears in our world today, not only in South Africa, but around the world. For example, the COVID-19 pandemic. People are afraid of this, afraid of getting the disease, not standing against it with their faith. The unsaved are paranoid, totally ballistic. People are afraid of uh, not having the vaccine or having the vaccine, either way. And as a matter of interest, I've spoken to good friends of mine who are doctors, and are in favor of having the vaccine. And I've spoken to good friends of mine who are doctors and are not in favor of having the vaccine. They say it, it causes all kinds of physical problems. And I've seen videos that explain the different problems that, that it can cause, and even death. So I had to go to God and pray, make a decision for myself, and after seeking the Lord, clearly, I have a clear instruction from God, do not take the vaccine. That's my position. Pastor Bev has made that decision for herself as well. So uh, I just want to mention, I will not be taking the vaccine under any circumstances. All right. Another problem is financial. So many people have lost jobs as a result of the uh, shutdowns. Businesses have closed down and people are afraid that they will lose their job and those that have lost their jobs are afraid of how they will finance their daily lives. They pay for their home and their, uh, and their cars and their debts and feet, put food on their table. We understand these things. And then there's inflation. Another thing that's concerning a lot of people is Afghanistan. Because the Americans were left behind and many of those that helped in the war were left behind and the military was pulled out beforehand, which is a ridiculous plan. And so now they're worried about that. People are praying for the Christians there that are left behind. Then there is the rise of the Taliban now, Al-Qaeda, in Afghanistan. And these 
these terrorist organizations are now free to, to gather together there and to grow and multiply and plan their attacks in other free world nations. And what's actually happening is now China and Russia and Iran are getting involved and they've united together with the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. And pretty soon you'll see them come against Israel as the Bible tells us will happen in Ezekiel chapter 38. These nations will march down on Israel with a huge war and God will fight for Israel and defeat them. Nevertheless, so we see these problems emerging now which threaten peace around the world. Then you see uh, the killing of Christians around the world, the rise of persecution, even in Russia right now. I was notified by Dr. Cho, because you know I'm on his board. I was notified by Dr. Cho that we should pray for those in Russia who are born again, the born again churches, because they've been told to close down their churches. And so I'm inviting you to pray for Christians in Russia who've been told to close down their born-again churches. So there's so many fears in our world today, and that's just touching the tip of the iceberg. And uh, we understand that folks are afraid, but we can deal with these fears. We don't have to become paralyzed like a deer caught in headlights. We don't have to do that. Fear is the most destructive force in the world. Fear cripples motivation. Fear destroys enthusiasm. Fear will eventually rob everybody of their faith and of their love for God, of their love for people. Fear destroys all desire, all hope, all ambition. It causes worry. It causes feeling of doubt, doubting God, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of failure. Dr. Frank Minereth and Dr. Paul Meir tell us in their book, Happiness is a Choice that Fear is Unhealthy. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4 verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Tell God what you want and then thank Him for hearing and answering your prayer because of the scripture you use to pray on, the one you base your faith on. That scripture gives you the right to pray, whatever it is, be it John 16, 23, whatever it is, thank him for that verse and thank him for the answer before you see the answer. The Bible then goes on to say in the next verse, verse seven, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we see that God promises us that peace will guard our heart and mind when we pray and ask Him for what we need and then thank Him for we believe He has heard our prayer before we see the answer in the natural. We thank Him for it because we believe we have it. And then 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. God doesn't want us worried and fearful. He wants us to give our problems to Him because He cares for us. 
Say this, Father God, I surrender my problems to you. I thank you for taking care of it. Praise God, I'm worry free. Now when the devil comes knocking at your door to remind you of that problem, you just tell him, open the door and say, Mr. Devil, you come to the wrong door. This is the praising department. The problem solving department is upstairs where the Lord lives. He's the problem solver. Say this, the battle is the Lord's. He's got this. Amen. Now there are approximately 365 passages in the Bible that tell us, do not fear. Now I'd like to ask you a question. If God says don't fear, is it a sin to fear? Is it a sin to disobey anything that God says we mustn't do? Of course it is. Folks don't realize it, but fear is a sin as bad as stealing, as bad as robbery and, and, and lying. It's, it's a sin. So don't fear. Ask God to forgive you for your fears, and then let's deal with them like God says we should. Don't think for one minute that this anxiety, worry, fear is confined to South Africa alone. It's not. It's all over the world, so don't feel that it's just you in South Africa. It's not. So more than 2,000 years ago, Jesus warned us that in this world we will have trouble. Sure enough, he was right about that, and more trouble is on the way, according to the Bible. But we are going to be ready for it no matter what happens. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 6, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. He said you're going to hear of all these wars and problems, but don't worry about it. The Amplified Translation says it this way. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened or troubled, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Verse 7 from the New King James says, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in place after place. Now this word nation here in the Greek is ethnos. It's strong as number 1484. It means heathen, race, tribe. Heathen, race, tribe. What's that talking about? It's saying that in the last days there will be racism. There will be war between the races. That word nation is actually referring to race more than countries. So Jesus said the last days races will rise up against each other. And this is being promoted by demons. This is being promoted by the spirit of Antichrist. Because the spirit of Antichrist knows that by promoting racism, it's one of his tools to bring about communism, to bring about an Antichrist kingdom of one world government with the Antichrist being the president and ruling the earth as a, as a dictator, worse than Hitler, Stalin, and Mussolini. But remember who you are. Remember you are a child of God. You're not gonna get involved in all that racism stuff. You're not gonna 
yield to the devil's plan. Because the Bible tells us there's no Jew, nor Greek, nor male, nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. So the Bible tells us Christ is the head. The body is made up of believers around the world. And we are his body. He is the head. We're one man in Christ. So when God looks down on the earth, he sees two groups of people. He sees the church and the unsaved. He sees the born-again man in Christ, one man, and then he sees the lost, the dead, unsaved people. They're dead in their sins, bound for hell. But you are on your way to heaven. We don't get sucked into hating people. The Bible said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. So we're going to make sure we walk in the love of God. Amen? All right. Now then, verse 8 says, Jesus speaking, and this is but the beginning, the early pangs of birth pangs. So, in other words, more to come, more to come. It is in these times that we feel all kinds of emotions. We feel grief, we feel confusion, we feel doubt, we feel anger, frustration, all these various emotions. That's understandable. All these emotions you will have to deal with. But there's one emotion that is more deadly than all of the others combined, and that is fear. Grief does not paralyze you. Anger does not paralyze you. But fear does. If we're going to get out of this situation, if we're going to deal with tragedies and crisis and problems around us, we're going to have to deal with the root of fear. That's why this message is vital to all of us. So Jeremiah says this in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 55. From the bottom of the pit, I cried out to you, O Lord, and when I begged you to listen to my cry, you heard me. And you answered me and told me not to be afraid. The real battle that we are fighting is against fear. Evil people want to control the world and fear is their number one weapon. They're using fear to herd us like cattle into their way of thinking and behavior in order to take away our freedoms. Don't let them do that to you. As one great war president said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And Jesus said in Luke 21 verse 26, there will be men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. So Jesus said men will faint because of fear and the concern about things that are coming upon the world. Can you imagine that? Some being so afraid that they will just faint. However, this should not be the case for you and me or for any Christian. For God, Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. That's what he said. Don't let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. He actually said, look up when you see these things happen. Your redemption is drawing near. In other words, he's coming. The rapture's just about to happen any day now. So, but he did say, occupy till I come, which means let's be about the Father's business. Let's take care of everyday life. Let's go to church. Let's worship God. Let's work. Take care of our family. Occupy till I come. And the most important, let's witness to the lost because this is a time of the great revival. When things go crazy, the lost are going to be full of fear and they'll be looking to you for instruction and guidance. The church is the ark of Noah in these days. If you are born again and you fellowship with Jesus, you are in the ark. God has promised to take care of you. Just like he took care of Noah before the flood came, just like he took care of Lot before fire and brimstone came down on Sodom and Gomorrah, God will protect his people. Amen? All right. So, John 14, verse 1 from the Amplified Translation, Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. In verse 27, same chapter, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Jesus said that. That's the Amplified Translation. John 16, 33. Jesus said, These things are spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Praise God. Jesus says, in the world, there's going to be problems. But hey, don't be concerned because I have conquered those problems for you already. So how do we keep ourselves from falling into the fear trap that Jesus has warned us about? How do we make sure of this? All right, in spite of all the dangers we are facing, we can have peace. We've seen a few scriptures now already to prove that. In Psalm 112 and verse 7, it says that the man who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his word shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord, trusting in God's word, in other words. So, he said, the man whose heart is fixed on the word, who's confident in the promises that God made to him in his word, will not be afraid of bad tidings. That means he'll not be afraid of bad news. When things go wrong and they hear this, they will not be afraid. Verse 8 says, his heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. In other words, God is saying, 
that He will take care of our problems, our enemies. He will solve them. The battle is the Lord's, in other words. He says, our heart is established, settled, confident, because we stand on the promise that God made us. Find a promise that meets your need and stand on it. Quote it, meditate on it. God will deliver us. Once you have this kind of assurance, nothing, not even wars and rumors of wars, is going to shake you. Nothing will be able to move you. The only way to overcome fear is totally focusing our attention on the Word because it's faith that neutralizes fear and faith comes from the Word alone. So fear is perverted faith. Fear is perverted faith. Just like as faith is confidence in God's ability to help me and protect me, fear is confidence in Satan's ability to hurt me. We're not gonna let that happen. The same way faith opens a door for God to bring blessings into my life, fear opens a door for the devil to bring destruction and problems into my life. Jesus doesn't expect us to cower and whimper. He doesn't expect us to be afraid under the devil's attacks when he does come. No, he expects us to take authority over the devil and over his circumstances that he brings our ways. Remember Mark chapter four. But Jesus said, Satan brings problems to steal the word. Don't let him steal the word. Spend time with the word. This is a time that we should be spending time in the Word. Don't forget. Don't leave the Word out of your life. Go to church. Read your Bible. So the Lord expects us to stand in the midst of the storm of life and dominate these storms with faith-filled words. He expects us to take authority of the devil and over the circumstances. He expects us to look sickness and lack and terror in the face and say, I resist you in Jesus' name. This battle is the Lord's. That's what we say to problems that come before us. Now I realize you may not feel like you can do that because of who you are but family of God, you are born again. If you are born again, you have the authority and right and privilege to use the name of Jesus. If you are born again, you can stand up and speak like that because the name of Jesus will take care of it. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, whatever is born again overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith even our faith. So Jesus is saying, or the Bible is saying, that we can expect to conquer and master any obstacle that we face today with our faith, with our faith. Faith is the key to conquering the challenges of life. Ephesians 6 verse 16 tells us that the shield of faith will quench every fiery dart of the devil. There's no problem that can come our way that the shield of faith will not stop in its tracks. 
The shield of faith, what's that mean? That means speak the word of God to your problem and say, I resist you in Jesus' name. The word of God says so and so. This battle is the Lord's. All right, so let's have a look at a man who is successful. You'll find that in Psalm 112 in verse one. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his word. Who delights greatly in his word. His descendants will be mighty in the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. So God's word says, the one who delights in the word of God, his descendants will be mighty in the earth. And his, his generation will be upright and will be blessed of God. Praise the Lord. Verse three, wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. So God promises the one who's meditating in the word, stable in the word, goes to church to hear the word, reads the word, this person's gonna prosper. No doubt about it. Verse seven from the same chapter, skip down to verse seven. Verse three, then verse seven. It says, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. He'll be not, he will not be afraid of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. So this is the man who loves the word of God. The Bible says he's trusting God and he will not be afraid of bad news. So how does this man get himself in a place where he is not afraid of bad news? By meditating in the word, meditating in the word. He's not afraid of persecutions. He's not afraid of wars, rumors of wars, hijackings, not afraid of murder, robbery, sickness, or any other bad news. No, that's his secret. He meditates in the word. His heart is fixed. A heart that is fixed on the word and trusts in the Lord will not be troubled no matter what happens. Now, so, Come, Jesus said this in Mark in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said, "Come to me, all you who are labour and heavy laden, weary, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest." Now he didn't say, "Come to me and I'll give you stress." He said, "All you the labour and heavy laden and weary, come to me and I'll give you rest." That means, come to me means fellowship. Fellowship with me and I'll give you rest. So he is saying, how do you fellowship with Jesus? Firstly, one way is through the word, right? Other way is pray, but through the word, is that, well, that's what we're dealing with here now. So let's stay with that. So if we will fellowship with the Lord around the word of God, he said, I'll give you rest. Rest. Come to me and fellowship with me around my word and I'll put rest, peace, in your heart. That's the key. That's the key. Many years ago, probably about eight, nine years ago, Steve Muncy and Melody Muncy were in South Africa. You remember that. And we had a great celebration while they were there. And then in the green room, Melody Muncy said to me at one time, how is it that you're so calm all the time? That's what she said. And my answer was, because my heart is fixed in the word. I said, 
I believe what the Word says. I have confidence in God and His Word that He has got everything under control in my life. I'm depending on Him. I'm not concerned. I have no fears because of the Word. That is my answer, and that's why I have confidence. Not self-confidence. I'm talking about faith confidence, right? All glory to God for that. Now, verse, uh, Hebrews 4, verse 3 says, Now we who have believed do enter that rest. Say that. If I believe in Jesus, if I trust his word, I'll enter rest. Enter rest. So those who are in faith are walking in rest and peace. That's what this word is saying, Hebrews 4, 3. In other words, those who are not in rest, if somebody's in fear, if they're in turmoil, worried, stressed, it tells me they're not in the Word, not spending enough time with the Word. That's all it says. Clearly, that's the first thought that comes to my mind. Hey, this person's not spending time in the Word. Now then, if we're going to have trouble trusting God in some area, we have to fix our hearts on what God says about that problem a little more. So whatever area of your life you're having problems in, find scriptures that cover that need and spend more time with the Lord in, that particular, in those particular scriptures. And you'll find your faith will come. So I don't care what the economy says, what the unemployment says, I don't care because I know what Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we're not going to be provided for by earth's economy, but by heaven's economy, by Philippians 4.19. Whenever the finances of the church get a little low and I get the report, I just write back, praise God, Philippians 4.19. <laughs> to encourage the accountants. And the Lord always provides. He's done so for 43 years. Philippians 419 has worked pretty well for me, right? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right. If our hearts are fixed on God's word, it defeats fear and failure. Say that. If my heart's fixed on the word, I will defeat fear and failure. Now then, we cannot wish our problems will go away. They're not going to go away by wishing. Family, the only way to overcome our trouble is with the Word of God. We have to get in the Word, stay in the Word until the answer comes. Let's say a few scriptures together. Our goal is to submit therefore to God, right? Resist the devil and he'll free from you. So that I must resist the devil and he'll free from me, James 4, 7. But first, submit to God. Submit to God. How do I do that? Submit to the Word. Submit to God's word and then speak the word to the devil because our enemy reacts to the word of God. He's paranoid when you quote the word. The more you speak the word of God into his ears, the more he is demoralized, demoralized and discouraged and flees. All right. So Isaiah 41, 13 said, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. 
Can we say this together? The Lord, my God, is with me, helping me, and I will not fear. Praise God. Isaiah 41, 9 says, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Let's say this together. God has chosen me, so I will not fear or be dismayed. God will help me and strengthen me. Isaiah 12 verse two says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my song. Let's confess this together. I will trust the Lord. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my song. Isaiah 35 3 says, Strengthen the feeble hands. Stay the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Let's say this together. Thank God He is my strength. I refuse to fear, for I am safe. All right, Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Say this, please. Even though there is danger all around, I will not fear. It will not come near me. I am never alone, for God is with me. Good job. All right, Hebrews 13, 6 says, So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Let's say this together. The Lord is my helper. I do not fear man. Praise God. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Praise God. I love the Amplified translation of verse 7. It says, For God did not give us the spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven. That word craven means lacking in courage and cringing and fawning fear. That word fawning means slavish, slavery, an attitude of a slave. Now, we're not slaves, but some folks have this attitude of slavery towards certain people. They allow people to intimidate them. Don't let that happen. Jesus Christ is in you. God himself is on your side. That's who you are. You don't allow anybody to intimidate you. You love everybody no matter what. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So during battles of life, we must not be tempted to withdraw or become timid or passive. Whatever Satan confronts you with today, be bold. Fight back, he will flee. He will leave you. Stay with the scriptures that speak to your need. 
until you get the results that you need and trust God for. Be patient, be consistent, work hard. The Bible promises that if you stay with the Word of God, victory will come. I'm not saying it's easy to exercise faith in these circumstances that we deal with in life today. I'm not saying it's easy to exercise overcoming faith in times like we are facing now. I understand that. But the devil will bring all kinds of pressure to bear on you. He will, you can count on that. He'll do everything he can to discourage you and wear you out. Because he knows that if he can successfully control and dominate your life, then he'll control, dominate all those who are under your sphere of influence. His goal is to control you through fear. Don't let him do it. We have to speak the word of God over our lives, stand against these problems in every area of life. Attend to the word of God until it starts bearing fruit. You cannot stop until you have the fruit of success that you want. So Winston Churchill was England's greatest 20th century statesman. Churchill's greatest strength was his bulldog never give up attitude. You may feel like you are in the darkest hour of your life. Make this your finest hour. Act like Winston Churchill. Just never give up. Resist the devil. Say, I resist you. Quote the word to him and say, this battle is the Lord's. He's got this. The victory is mine. Praise God. That is all for session one. We're going to do three more sessions. Don't miss next weekend. Part two is going to be very powerful, very encouraging. All right. So give the Lord some praise in the house, please, family. Praise God for His Word. Now then, Pastor Bev and I are praying for you continually. Remember, we love you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you would say, Apostle Thea, I want to be sure I'll go to heaven one day. All right, say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying on the cross in my place. I ask You to forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. I declare you are the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I am saved, bound for heaven. God is my Father. Now, if you said that prayer for the very first time, congratulations. Continue to fellowship with Jesus, and we will definitely see you in heaven. Now, if you said that prayer for the first time, please raise your hand and give glory to God because you are saved. Will you do that? Be a witness that you are saved by raising your hand and then taking it down. Congratulations to all of you. We love you and we'll see you next weekend with part two. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 